What do you do when hard days come? This is The Christian Working Woman, where we share wisdom from God's Word and how it's practical and applicable to our daily lives, at home and in the workplace. Well, today, Lisa Bishop will share biblical truth from God's Word, and I'm Julie Bastide. We're so glad you've joined us. So, Lisa, I see your devotion for today is don't let the hard days win. Yes, it can be super easy to let the days that are challenging overwhelm and overpower us and cause us to lose perspective. I know it's certainly true for me. So today, I want to take a look at God's Word for ways to stay grounded and encouraged when things get hard. Mm, I can relate to those hard days, so I look forward to hearing more. Thanks, Julie. What do you do when the hard days come? Because they will. Several years ago, a friend recommended a book to me, and I was really eager to get at it and start reading. When I cracked the book open and turned to the first page, the first three words were, Life is difficult. I didn't know whether to throw the book across the room and regret paying $14.99 or to keep reading and risk being bummed out for the remaining 243 pages. I mean, who starts a book with life is difficult? But it's the truth, isn't it? Life is difficult. You will have hard days, weeks, months, sometimes years. Maybe you're having one right now. Maybe you're in a long season of difficult and you see no end in sight. Maybe you're experiencing the pain and loneliness of singleness. You feel isolated and alone, or your kid is struggling and you don't know what to do. Your marriage is on the rocks and it seems irreparable. Perhaps you're experiencing the repercussions of poor choices. Maybe it's a job loss, sickness, deafening silence, and a broken friendship. Heartbreak or the demands of a job that are overwhelming. Financial troubles, depression, anxiety, aging parents— facing your own mortality. What do you do when life just seems hard to bear? As a friend of mine says, life is complex and messy, sometimes brutally so, but there is a way to look at the mess. How do we live in the mess with the lens of heaven? It will take disciplining your thoughts. It will take trust in God, and oftentimes it takes sheer determination to remember and hold on to truth. It will take courage, the state of mind and belief that enables you to face difficulty and pain. With the shield of faith and the belief in God's nearness and faithfulness over the filter of fear. It will take resisting the temptation to deconstruct your faith when life is hard and take the disappointment and pain as a cue to lean into Jesus. When you are in pain or doubt, it can be tempting to run from the only source of comfort and trade God in for man-made gods. To be lured away from standing firm and lulled by things you think will bring comfort and relief but are only temporary and will never fulfill the deepest longing of your soul that only Jesus Christ can fill. Instead of lashing out and running away from God, how do we remember to cry out to Jesus and run towards Him? It doesn't take long to realize the multitude of examples of men and women in the Bible whose stories tell us how they faced major trials in their lives, and how God proved himself faithful every single time. We need these stories as reminders because, let's face it, sometimes in the midst of our own pain, we forget. And that's why as a follower of Jesus, it is absolutely essential that you are in the Word of God daily. God's Word is what renews your mind and reminds you of what is true. There are so many things vying for your attention and affection on a daily basis, it can be easy to be pulled off track. It can be easy to forget God's character. It can be all too tempting to fail to remember His faithfulness. In order to acknowledge that life is complex and messy, 
sometimes brutally so, but in order to live in the but, we need to look at the word of God. We need to remember the character of God because the world and your circumstances will scream loudly at you, tempting you to turn away in defeat and forget. One story you may be familiar with is the story of Job. Now, before you have an allergic reaction to the word Job like I have had in the past, hang with me, because I promise when you read and understand Job's story in the way God intended, you will be encouraged in the midst of whatever struggle you're facing. The story of Job seems really complex and poignant at the same time. The story ultimately and beautifully displays the sovereignty of God in the midst of suffering. Before we look at Job's story, there's a quote from A.W. Tozer that has always stuck with me that I want to share with you. What comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What do you think about that quote? I like it because it reminds me of the importance of my beliefs about God. If you believe God is who he says he is and you trust his character, even though you can't avoid suffering trials, you know God is with you in them. If what comes to mind when you think about God is that he's omnipresent, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-powerful, your provider, protector, defender, the almighty, sovereign, compassionate, merciful, and kind, and that he will never leave or forsake you, if you ground yourself in those truths, weathering the storms of life will be a different experience. If you look at the mess through the lens that God is distant and doesn't care, It will be a lot harder to hold on to faith when the winds of life try to toss you around. So what comes to mind when you think about God is important? Equally important is what you imagine God is thinking and feeling about you. If you have an incomplete or distorted image of God's heart for you, when times are tough, you may see God as mean and distant rather than loving and kind. So let's talk about Job. We see his story in the book named after him in the Old Testament. In the opening lines of the book of Job, we read, There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of perfect integrity, who feared God and turned away from evil. Right out of the gate, the author wants to make it clear that Job loved God and lived his life with integrity and in obedience to him. We also read that Job was blessed with a big family, a wealthy estate, and a really large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Job is a man whose life was worthy of Instagram fame. It seemed as though everything was going well for him. From the world's perspective, he had it all. Until one day, Satan comes to accuse Job before God. He insists Job only serves God because he protects him, and Satan seeks God's permission to test Job's faith and loyalty. God grants his permission only with certain boundaries. In the testing, Job loses his family, his wealth, and his health. Job's wife even suggests that he curse God and die. Initially, Job's response is, should we accept only good from God and not adversity? Everything is stripped away from him, and the 42 chapters of the book of Job unfolds Job's wrestling, conversations with friends who are less than supportive, and most importantly, his crying out to God as his life is in shambles and his best friends add insult to injury while he suffers. Early on in the story of Job, we see that he did not sin or blame God for anything. And as the story unfolds, we get a first row seat into Job's humanness as his faith understandably wavers as the trials of life hit him on every side. Job's life is a window into the life of a man who has been faithful to God and under immense loss doubts God's faithfulness in his suffering. But his doubt doesn't cause him to take a detour in his faith. Job doesn't reject God, but he does question him. He argues with God and he defends himself to God. We hear the angst in his voice. I will speak with anguish in my spirit. 
I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. I'm disgusted with my life. I will express my complaint and speak in the bitterness of my soul. I wish I had never existed. My spirit is broken. In the midst of the mess, we see Job straining to remember and declare God's character when he says, I know my living Redeemer, and he will stand on the dust at last. Even after my skin has been destroyed, yet I will see God in my flesh. I will see him myself. My eyes will look at him, and not as a stranger. My heart longs within me. My feet have followed in his tracks. I have kept his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily food. I am not destroyed by the darkness. I am not destroyed by the darkness. The darkness was trying to win in Job's life, but he declares in the midst of doubt and despair, he will not let the hard days win. Job continues to come honestly before God as he seeks to experience God's sovereignty in the midst of life's suffering. In the final chapters of Job, we hear God's response to Job's anguish. Chapter 38, 1, the Lord answered Job. It's in God's response that Job is reminded of God's sovereignty. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Who makes the rainfall on barren land in a desert where no one lives? God is basically asking Job, who are you to question me? Yet, it can be easy to question God in the pain because it doesn't seem to make sense. When you're in the midst of deep pain and suffering, trust God can seem like a really trite statement, but it is solid truth. God is trustworthy. In the midst of his suffering, in the midst of questioning why God would allow him to bear such tragedies in his life, Job recognizes and acknowledges God's infinite power and accepts the constraints of his human understanding. Even though it's a fight, he's determined to trust God's power, wisdom, and authority. If I'm honest, it's not always easy for me to trust when life is hard. Where does the pain in your life seem unbearable? It will be if you try to endure it alone. When you're in your darkest pain moments, do you isolate and retreat? Maybe you lash out in bitterness and anger, or perhaps you look to something else to soothe your pain, like alcohol, drugs, sex, or harmful behaviors. Pain inevitably afflicts each one of us. Suffering is unavoidable in this life. The question is, will your relationship with God be enough when trials come? Will you trust him through your suffering? I really encourage you to read Job chapters 38 to 42. Spend time with the Lord Almighty. Pray for strength and faith in the powerful creator described in those chapters. Pray for a right perspective of God and ask the Holy Spirit to see your situation through his eyes. Instead of asking, where is God in the midst of your pain? The book of Job affirms God's control and asks us, where are we in our pain? Are we trusting our Creator, even though we can't understand our circumstances? Throughout his story, we see Job questions God. As Job questions God himself, he learns valuable lessons about the sovereignty of God and his need to totally trust in the Lord. Job's story teaches us to trust God under all circumstances, not only when we don't understand, but because we don't understand. In Psalm 1830, the psalmist tells us, As for God, his way is perfect. If God's ways are perfect, then we can trust that whatever he does and whatever he allows is also perfect. It seems impossible, doesn't it? Yet we need to remember that our minds are not God's minds. It's true that we can't expect to understand his mind as God declares in Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than yours. When you can't understand the ways of God, remember and cling to the truth about God. In the midst of the messy times of your life, your response to God is to lean into Him, to trust Him, and submit yourself to Him, whether you understand it or not. Open up your hands and heart to receive His steadfast love and mercy in the midst of your disappointments and pain. Remember His character. Remember that life is complex and messy, sometimes brutally so, but there is a way to look at the mess. And that lens is through truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of God's character, the truth of Jesus' love for you and the power of his Holy Spirit at work in you. I'm not sure what your trial is right now. You may be in the biggest battle for your faith, but hear me, you are not alone. Truly, it may feel like you are, but don't let Satan win. You have people who love you and are for you. God is for you. Jesus is with you right in this very moment. In your times of despair, get honest with God. Tell him how you're feeling. He already knows. Throw up your fists. He can handle it. Cry out to Jesus. Ask him to help you. Tell him you want to experience his presence. Fight to lean in to him. You are not alone in the trials of life. God is with you. Don't let the hard days win. Thanks, Lisa, for your encouragement to not let the hard days win. If you'd like to share this message or listen to it again, you can find it on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Well, do you need prayer today? Is there something specific you need God to hear? Whether it's for you or someone you know, it is our honor to pray for you. Through the years, we've prayed for many of our listeners, and you can share your prayer request with us through our website at christianworkingwoman.org, or you can call us and we will pray with you on the phone. Our number is 630-462-0552. Well, I'm Julie Busteed thanking you for joining us today and hope you'll meet us here again next week for The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman.